Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great hand again, everybody. I love that. I'll take you at your word. That's so good. Just say hi to somebody, everybody, again, and you can be seated. Thank you, team. Thank you, team. Mm. Well, so good to see you. I'm still defrosting from Montreal, Canada. I can't believe that we have two campuses. One's in the hottest part of the world in January, and one is in the coldest part of the world. So I left here, I was like 36, I think, when I left, and I went to Montreal, and literally within a week, it was minus 38 with a wind chill. So that was a little temperature change right there, and uh, pretty funny. And if you saw me, I did go for a walk in it. Did anybody see that? So if you want to follow me on Instagram, at GKey, and don't follow me on anything else, I usually am putting up stuff from our campuses, but I, did, I decided I'm going to have a walk. The hotel people said to me, oh, what are you doing today, Mr. Keen? Because it's such a cold day. And no one's, I said, I'm going for my walk. They went, what? They're like, crazy Australian. And I just, but I already had my plan, all right? So I had my double face protection, ear things, head thing, you know, thermals. And that was, uh, yeah, it was about minus 38 when I went for my walk. Has anybody walked in that? Who's been in that temperature before? Uh, yay. <laughs> there you are. So, yeah, it's a little chilly, right, around the edges. And uh, no, it's actually like walking into a frozen wall, just so you know. And there's Pastor Spencer and Lee and I got out the car. I was kind of dressed in this. The Canadians were losing their minds at me. But I just got out the car to go into the hotel and it was minus 30 and we were trying to get a selfie. You can't get a selfie in minus 30. You're going to die. So <laughs> I think we just managed to do something, but it was so cold. So uh, crazy to be there and knowing that I left home and went to, you guys went to 38 and then I went to minus 38. So it's a wild world, right? But we now have two campuses, one in the hottest and one in the coldest parts of the world uh, in January, February, which is so, so amazing, really. But anyway, uh, just to let you know about Montreal, just miracle is happening there. And I got no doubt about uh, what we're doing is, you know, here we are on Vision Sunday, that God has interrupted my schedule and he's interrupted your schedule and he's interrupted the staff's schedule, that's for sure, by uh, putting us into Montreal and Quebec in Canada. God likes to give us the tough assignments. So, uh, yeah, you all know I wanted to go to Barcelona years ago and eat tapas. That was my calling. And uh, then Lord never took me there. So I've been to Kiev and the Ukraine 19 times. And here we are now in the coldest city in winter, and, uh, but with really, really amazing people. And you'll be very blessed when you one day get to go there. Plan to go. Because a beautiful city, such a creative city, Cirque du Soleil is from there. I would suggest that you don't go in January. You may die. And, um, but... Uh, other times of the year, it's very, very beautiful. So, but what's happened is the, uh, we took on a small, uh, small church and in a short time, it went from 70 people to 180 at Christmas. And uh, in that area, there's no churches. So we're just 20 minutes out of the city. There's just no churches. We've been trying to find churches. There's no churches. And evangelical uh, Christianity is one, less than 1%. Less than 1%. So I, the Lord knows what he's doing. He's always going, hey, go to he's me to Kiev, Ukraine 19 times, and then go and help there. Then Japan for our church. We've been there working there for lots of years, and the years gone by and sent staff 
teams from our church and help them financially in Japan, which is also less than 1%. And, uh, and um, yeah, and then also to... We're in Rwanda with the children, so it's all places that have had some challenge that the Lord seems to send global heart to, and which means I get to go and uh, be challenged at minus 38, which is so good. But what's happening is uh, really it's a miracle, everybody. The people that are there, just beautiful people. And uh, I really love the, the people that are in our church. And you just need to know they're very, very grateful that Global Heart Church has stepped up and taken the church. There was only just one or two other possible options, and they were not people who possibly had the ability to take church forward. So they want me to thank everybody at Global Heart Church and say thank you so much for bringing us into the Global Heart family because they just come alive. So I went there when we were first checking it out and people were flat. And so now to see the church doubled and the attendance just every week going up, people getting saved every week um, and just see how grateful they are. Um, it's so nice to see people who are really grateful and they're just so grateful for the fact that we've said, hey, come into the family. And then now they're also excited about being a part of what's happening in Perth and then in Zambia and Germany and Melbourne. And so they're really thrilled about that. And, uh, and they're really loving on Pastor Spencer and Leah, which is so, so good. I'm um, just got a couple of photos. We got, what's the first ones again? Oh, I forgot what they are now. Give me, give me a photo. I'll take what you got, you guys, in the list. So oh, hello, there's Ryan, who's now on staff two days a week. And, uh, and then Pastor Spencer's, that was a quick shot there. Keep going. Hello, that's me. Keep going. Uh, Pastor Spencer, they're leading away, doing a great job. And um, yeah, it's just really, really awesome to see that uh, every week, Pastor Spencer's saying there's more new people coming and people just coming alive. You can keep going, guys. Um, and if you got to, oh, hello, that's a nice one. So just see this top corner, actually the bottom corner here on the left, that's quite a few of the key people who've been carrying church there. And so they're really awesome people and they are just so alive and so happy and so thrilled with what's happening. The top photo, Pastor Spencer and I having dinner with two young Quebecois French guys who just got, one got saved a year ago, one got saved in the last month. And as I said, uh, evangelical Christianity is less than 1% with the fr French population of Christians is even lower. And so the guy on the far left in that top uh, left photo, his name's Sylvain. He's been a Christian for, for most of his life and his family have been saved for three, uh, three generations as Christians. So Spencer and I talked about for dinner, one to have the new Christian listen to the older Christian. They didn't know each other. And, uh, and then have the guys been saved for you and just share about Christianity and faith. Anyway, the guy on the end there, in the top and the left, his story is this and this, everybody. There's 160 people in his family in this generation who are serving the Lord. 160. So I said, how did that happen? Two generations ago, his great-grandfather, when they were had, the winters are just, can be minus 50, can be just horrendous. They have, your horses were everything. And they had, uh, I think they were down to two horses. And then the last horse was uh, laying down with sickness. You know, horses don't lie down when it was really sick. And he was saying to his family, if this horse dies, we really, we're going to be sunk. Anyway, it was like really terrible. So he said his great-grandfather had some workers. One of the workers turned out to be apparently American. And the American person was supposed to be uh, like a full-on Christian who came and said, you need to give your life to Christ and Jesus will start working in your life and everything. And then the guy said, listen, mate. He said, right now, I don't know what you're talking about, but what I do need is I need this horse. If your God can fix my horse, then I'll become a Christian. So the American Christian guy goes over and says, I'll pray for your horse. He went down on the floor with the horse, prayed for the horse. And then he said, when they got up the next day to have breakfast, they went to the barn and the horse was just standing there fully normal and healthy. 
And so the guy just knew the horse was on its you know, last legs, as we say. And, uh, and so the guy knew it was a miracle. The whole family came out, bowed their knees and all gave their life to the Lord. And they've had three generations of Christianity from that miracle. Isn't that incredible? So incredible. Yeah. So uh, the guy sitting next to Pastor Spencer, he's pumped. I'm telling you now, they're going to let him preach. He's only been saved a month and he's like, oh my gosh, this is like incredible. This is amazing. And uh, his English is not bad, but uh, he's just so pumped. Anyway, when they started talking, I said to him, hey, listen, tell the rest of your story in French to the, to the two guys. When they started talking French, they were like so excited, you know, magnifique. Oh my gosh, you know, like what God's doing. And Spencer and I just sat there and uh, we're excited to see uh, just uh, what God was doing in these French guys' lives. So we're looking forward to a French Quebecois rise and stand and have all the French guys getting saved and, uh, and that was really powerful. Also, we had uh, some of the guys there down the bottom, one heart. See, the, where we're praying, just so you know what happened there and how it's a little bit of a challenge in Quebec to what we know in Perth. Uh, we were leaving to go to that One Heart afternoon and there were 62 people, I think, registered to go after church. When I came out of church, it was minus 20 and there was a snowstorm happening. So Pastor Spencer and Leo and I jump in the car You can, and it's really pretty bad. We're driving 35 minutes. So when we're going, the snow's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I'm thinking, any minute now, there's going to be a snowplow here to kind of clear the road because you can't see lanes or anything. Anyway, and then <laughs> going along and then I look over to the left and I went, oh, well, that's not good. The snowplow was completely, it's a huge one, in a ditch. It's completely fallen down off the road. So I'm like, wow, that ain't good. Then the police are there and everything. Anyway, so we ended up uh, Pastor Ben's got a four-wheel drive. We end up getting there, getting up the hill, but it's minus 20. So then we're like, has everybody made it, right? Because everybody's trying to come to this property. Anyway, two, uh, three couples couldn't get there. I think one had a battery issue because when it gets to that temperature, if you've got a low battery, battery can conk. Anyway, and then two of them just couldn't get there. They had to get somebody down to go and rescue them. And then the other one, listen to this, the other couple had a newborn baby. They did not want to miss out on one heart. They want to be a part of the church going forward. So they had their baby in the two-wheel drive and then they were stuck at the bottom of the hill. We had to get a guy down to tow them up the road in minus 20 with their newborn baby. And then they were so happy because we had a 40-minute delay that they made it to the one heart afternoon. They said to me, does the weather ever stop people in Perth going to church? I said, yeah, when we hit 17 Celsius, we can't go on. It's far too cold. <laughs> and then they all told me they're in their swimming pools at 15 Celsius, everybody. So, um, yeah, so it's really good. It's great to see what's happening. And uh, you just need to know we're part of a miracle there. But it's a big privilege to be able to serve and help and bring the gospel where it just churches are not happening in Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to tell you one more story. Um, uh, Mushroom, who is was a youth leader. That's not his real name. That's his last name, Sergey. This is a few years ago, as you can tell. But this is Sergey, who was the youth leader at Hillsong Kiev uh, for many years. So the boys had met him uh, once or twice, and then I'd met him every year when I go to Kiev. Anyway, so when the Kiev was under bombardment from Russia, I messaged him, just thinking of him. Pastor Genia Vera's, Genia's parents and a couple of other people. And I messaged them and just said, hey, look, I'm just praying for you. And I'd be in my prayer and I was just praying for them right now. So I prayed for him, said, Lord, protect him. And also right there, um, he was dealing with leukemia. So he got over that, but now they're under shelling in the city. He came back to me and said, oh, thanks for the prayers, Pastor. And then he sent me another message and said, hey, I may be getting a visa now. They're going to let me leave the country because I've had leukemia. All the other men can't leave. They have to stay and fight. And he said, it looks like they're going to let me leave and they're going to let me go to Canada. 
So I went, wow, awesome. Said, pray about that. So then he comes back to me and says, oh yeah, they've told me I'm going to go to a certain city. And I said, what city is it? He says, Montreal. (laughs) So I said, "Um, hey, just to let you know, we've got a little church there now. And he's like, what? So anyway, so the last three weeks, go to the next photo. Um, He's been in church with his wife, Masha. And uh, Pastor Spencer's on this side of the photo. He couldn't fit in the screen, I don't think, for some reason. He's there. And uh, so they've been in church for three weeks. So to leave Kiev, leave Ukraine under bombardment, under attack, and getting out of the country and getting a visa, the whole thing has been absolutely huge. They've, uh, Pastor Spencer said it's an hour and a half miracle if you hear the whole deal. But now they've ended up, and now they've got to travel on public transport two and a half hours to church. But they've been there uh, for three weeks. And so we're trying to work with them now to help them get to church. But I had to have dinner with them the last night before I left just to welcome them and try and establish them. And how funny is that? Like all those years ago in Kiev, Ukraine, a connection. And here they are now in our church. And we're helping them to settle in. Such a miracle. Such a miracle. And then you just need to see Pastor Spencer's house because when we got there, it was a little snowy that day. So I got a little video for you because I couldn't get up Pastor Spencer's. Keep going. That's great. Uh, Leah's getting out the car there. And uh, I had to get up Pastor Spencer's um, uh, steps into his house. So you'll just see him in a minute making a way where there's no way. <laughs> That's after they cleared. They cleared in the morning. This is after, It was cleared in the morning. So there he is. <laughs> Minus 20, and I was yelling out to him, Pastor Spencer, put your back into it. <laughs> so I had to get up the stairs. So uh, me and Leo are able to get up, which is really, really fantastic. Amen. So pray for them. It's, uh, they're doing a fantastic job and a huge blessing to everybody there. And as I said, the church is so grateful. But it's a big, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, leaving your family, leaving everything, and then being in storms, snowstorms. Lee is doing so well because I was sitting in the car at one stage going, I think we're going to die. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Lee is like, isn't this exciting? <laughs> I'm like, woman of faith. I love that in Jesus' name. So, um, yeah. So everybody, us being there and me being there too, just remember, we're, we're in adult church now. End of the year, we're 25. So 25 years old at the end of the year. And, uh, but we're, uh, so 24 years now. But we're in adult church. And these churches, like I'm going in then undergirding the baby. They're babies. So coming in, undergirding, lifting, helping just... Um, Help me just work through different things with all of it. But we're, we're lifting the babies so that they all flourish and thrive. And, uh, and what was also uh, really nice is Leah's niece, Madeline, got her certificate, uh, her diploma from the Bible College. Well, I was able to present it to her in Montreal in front of the church there, which is really, really powerful as well. She's there helping out now from our church and uh, uh, living with Pastor Spencer and Leah, which is so nice. But just remember that, everybody, we're undergoing the baby and uh, it's hard work, right? How many people know if you've got a baby? Challenging, right? Who's got a baby? Uh, Jordan's reaching out for prayer, even as I speak. <laughs> but it's challenging, but it's so awesome because we know what's going to happen in the future, uh, which is so great. Um, next week's uh, pastors, Ashley and Jane Evans, are here. Just want to encourage everybody, please um, just uh, prep your diary for that because Ashley and Jane are just incredible leaders in our nation for so long. Decades, friends for decades, and uh, they're now in America. What's happening with them in America? It's just outstanding, uh, really miraculous. So to have both of them here uh, together, and for Jane now to say she's coming as well, we're going to hear from them. They're going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and so you're going to love them, and uh, they're going to help us start strong in Jesus' name. Amen. 
This year, everybody, I just wanted to give you the theme for the year, because we tend to have themes for the year, and I think it's a good thing, because it helps us get focused. It's like, what is God saying to us as a church? What's the theme? Last two years, we've been talking about miracle territory, amen? And uh, anybody had a miracle in the last two years? Two years? Hang on. In Canada, I've got people, yes! I got here in minus 30. Anyway, who, who's had, you reckon there's been some kind of miracle? God intervened in some area? That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I really felt like uh, God's saying, hey, listen, stay with that. Global Heart Church is called to, for the rest of our days, to miracle territory. But the theme that I feel like the Lord said to us is we need to build upon what God started. So the theme this year is wisdom builds the house. Wisdom builds the house. Because you can have a miracle, be in miracle territory, but if you're not wise, you can lose everything that God started. You can lose everything that God's done. You can, you can uh, not be building, hang on, wisdom builds your life. Wisdom will build your job. Wisdom will build your children. Wisdom will build your family, your marriage. Uh, you know, you, what you're called to do in God's kingdom. We need wisdom uh, in the middle of our miracle territory so that we can continue to move forward. How many people, Christians all over the world, were just getting near a breakthrough and then they just bounced or bailed or did whatever, made a decision that they just, hey, I feel this, rather than, hey, did God say that? And, uh, and they start undoing, taking the bricks down in the house. And the Lord's like, hang on a minute. You got so far here in building this house. Don't de-brick it. But there's many Christians do it all over, wherever I go. I'm like, what happened there? Well, you know, we're going to say, hang on, I'm going to keep going. It's no use you or me now. It's no use me at 60 now going, oh, let's burn this down. Just No, I got to keep going. Because I'm having an impact on people and my children and my grandchildren. You're having an impact on people in God's kingdom, in the community and your children and your grandchildren. And the impact can be great or it can be bad. So we're going to say, Lord, help me to have wisdom that builds the house. And uh, the first thought on that too is, um, you know, we need to be people who know God's word. Amen. Hope you got your Bible app. Hope you're hearing the Word of God to start your day. You want to start your day successfully? Do not go to your social media. Go to your Bible app. Get a dramatic one like I've got with real Hollywood music. I love it. So good. It comes all dra- drama. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But starting the day with God's Word is so important. And it gets my spirit filled with the things of the kingdom, not the things of the world. And... Uh, and so it's so important that you know the Word. It's just absolutely important. But I want to just say this to everybody. To succeed and not just survive, we need to not just know the Word, though I said it's of absolute importance. We need to also learn to know His voice. We need to learn to know God's voice. There's a very big difference between having Bible knowledge and knowing God's voice. I've been involved in Bible colleges for years and I meet people and they know the Word, but... God's voice. We need wisdom to know when God is speaking. What is God saying? When is He speaking? How is He moving? God can move through very unusual circumstances, but you've got to be somebody who's looking for it. I'm always looking every situation going, what's happening here? I'm always, hmm. What's God saying here? Hmm. What's happening there? What's happening here? Don't just head into life, everybody, carnally. Head into it by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, go with me. Holy Spirit, show me. I'm in Montreal. Lord, speak to me. What's happening here? Speak to me here. Show me this. Show me that, God. 
I was just thinking last year, one of the biggest things for me last year was when we um, purchased the land in Zambia, you know, which before the pandemic was a million dollars. Graham Barlow and I were looking at land. We first went to Zambia and I remember just being, getting discouraged going, this is madness. This is so expensive. And so to get that land last year for 300,000 US from a million was just like, it's just mind blowing. But if I go back in time, I still remember thinking, Justin, who is on our staff there, is 28 now and became a pastor with us. But Justin was a little boy that Sue and I sponsored. And I remember clearly saying to Sue over three or four visits, there's something with this kid. And Sue would say to me, what do you mean? And I'd say, he's anointed to us. He didn't even speak English, he only spoke French. And, uh, and so um, and then and I'd go there again, now we were sponsoring, how many 300 children? I'd say to Sue, there's something with this kid. Why was that happening? That was because the whole, I was saying the Holy Spirit, speak to me in Rwanda. Speak to me when I'm here. Show me, Lord. Speak to me. And here's what I'm also saying. Lord, help me to do what you want me to do. When did you last say that to God? Help me to do what you want me to do. Not, uh, here's what a lot of people do. They go and have a quiet time with God. Lord, I want a girlfriend by Monday the 25th. I want this job. I want that. Lord, do this, do that. God and this. And, and then they go back and say, uh, the Lord would told me. <laughs> After they just repeated what they told the Lord. We need to say to God, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And by the way, if you're looking for a partner, get running for God, run towards God, get fast, get passionate, get excited, and then look to see if there's a guy or girl keeping up with you. Look for somebody who's keeping up. If they're keeping up in God, they might be good. I got running and I just looked over and there was this English girl who sounded like Lady Diana Spencer. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a lovely voice and what a lovely girl and you're running for Jesus. That's what you want to be doing, everybody. And look for friends like that. Some of us run with carnal people. If you run with carnal people all the time, you cannot be a spiritual person. You can't be a spiritual person. It's impossible because you're just filled with carnality. So we're going to say, Lord, help me to get around people who are running after you, who are running after your word, who want to hear from you, who want to get what you have planned for their life. Uh, so you, you can't just have an hour in church a week and think, well, I'm going to be this spiritual person. No, 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 no. We've got to get round people who are also walking after Christ. Not everybody who goes to church is walking with the Lord. You can go to church for 20 years and not work with, walk with God. 20 years. Go to church. It can be a social event. Here's, here's how you can monitor. Are you doing a social event or are you alive in the things of God? Here's that. Monitor yourself. If it's a social event, you're talking about what He's doing she's doing, what they're doing, what they're doing, what they said. That's carnal, that's the flesh, and that is not walking with the Lord. If you're walking with the Lord, you're getting a little bit overwhelmed like me. The Lord's saying, hey, here's what I'm saying to you about your heart. Here's what I'm doing with your character. The Lord's saying, give me that. And then He's saying to me, Gerald, I need you to sacrifice. Actually, you've hit 60 now. Could you sacrifice a little bit more of a level? Could you give a bit more here? I've not got time to talk about people because I'm too caught up in the purpose and the plan and the voice of God. So I'm talking about Jesus, what He's saying, what He's doing, what He's got me involved in, what He's teaching me. That's how you know if you're walking with the Lord. If you're talking about them and her and what they're doing, you, you lost the Lord somewhere and people became your focus. That's why the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And when you do, God will line you up with amazing people. He'll bring that friend, that person, that person. 
And he starts bringing the people who are also going for God. Otherwise, you find all the people who are like you, talking about people, talking about Facebook, talking about her, talking about him. And then we lose the Lord, yet we go to church. Wow, this is a good message. So wisdom builds the house. We need wisdom. Wisdom builds tenacious house. Wisdom builds tena- wisdom built tenacious house. We're just like, Lord, what are we doing here? Lord, what are we doing next? Lord, how are we going to do this? And the Lord would say, do that. Go to them. Go here. Talk to them. If you look back, tenacious house is just incredible miracle. Where I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he goes, go to Paul Woodcock with Dave Harding and we had coffee. That was the start of the tenacious miracle. Because I said, Lord, who do you want me to go to? I don't know what to do. And God goes, go there. Go there. Jess, good to see you again. I didn't know you were in the service as well. I'm just going to honour you again. Everybody, this is Jess. She's just been serving in our church in Melbourne for two years. She's done a fantastic job inviting people to church, uh, supporting Pastor Love Fatima, the team, building the house, been there for two years. Uh, she's felt that season's been good. And now she's back I- here in Perth. Jess, we just honour you. You've great, been a great missionary. Just stand up so they can see you. Give Jess a big hand. And by the way, God's not done. That's just the start of something. So let's see what the Lord does. One more hand for Jess. She's done a great job. Well done. Mm. Proverbs 24.3 says this, Though wisdom, through wisdom a house is built, by understanding it's established. So wisdom can build the house, everybody, but sometimes we don't understand. We're like, what's happening here? Can I encourage you? Ask questions. Christians, ask questions. Get around people who are leaders, pastors, people further in the kingdom and say, hey, what's happening here? You cannot get into any real leadership or kingdom ministry if you are not a person who asks questions. There's just no way. If I just sat there and assumed, oh, well, I know what's happening. I know what's going on. I'd be nowhere. I had to stop assuming and say, hey, what's this? What's that? What's that? Because you get saved doesn't mean you... in. 10 years even know what the deal is. You've got to get around people who are a long way down the track and go, how did you get there? How did you get into God's purpose? How did you get into that? How did that happen? What understanding do I need so that my house is established? What do I need to understand that I'm not understanding? Can I just say here, every person here will have something that you don't understand that you need to understand. But you're not going to get it if you don't ask a question. If you think you know, you're done. <laughs> Gosh, you, yeah, if you think you know, you're done. Because you cannot grow beyond, hey, I don't know. Give me understanding on this. And then God puts people around us who help us as well. Proverbs 9.1, the way of wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. Wow, wisdom right there is feminine. Feminine, I said feminine. Feminine, wisdom has built her house. Girls, that's your moment. Wisdom is feminine. There we go. <laughs> Job twenty twenty eight says, And to man he said, listen to this, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. The Bible is teaching us, everybody, and this is part of our vision for the year, is if we're going to be wise people, we've got to get a restored view of God. And the Bible says it's a fear and a reverence of the Lord. 
It's a fear and a reverence of the Lord. It's not like a fear that, oh my gosh, God's gonna get me. No, it's a, that's not it. It's a reverence for who He is. He made you, He created you, He has a plan for you. He saved you by His own blood. He positioned you and set you in His church. You need to get an awe of that. If you haven't got an awe, you're already on the way to the enemy's deception. Already, you have to have an awe. I'm, I'm saved 42 years this year. And I'm in church still going, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, I got saved. Thanks, Lord, I'm in church. Thank you, I get to do life with these people. Thank you, Lord, for your call. Thank you, Lord. You need to have an awe and a reverence. Husbands and wives, help each other with awe and reverence. Give each other a little elbow and say, come on, we need to get some awe and reverence about this because you can lose it and you can be back, you know, you can be miles back to where you started. The enemy loves to take people back to the start. He loves it. He wants to undo the house of your life, the house of what God's building. So we have to say, Lord, help me to get a new awe, a new reverence for the Lord. I just saw somebody get interviewed and they were talking about how they ended up in a massive problem in their life. And they were a Christian, they were quite a known Christian. And they said, how did you get here? Did you lose your love for the Lord? And they said, no, no, no. I never lost my love for the Lord. I lost my fear of the Lord. And they ended up in a massive problem. How many people are like that? They love God. Yeah, they'd say, yeah, I love Him, sure. But there's not a reverence and an awe how they live their life, how they are towards church. Acts 20, 28, Jesus purchased the church with His own blood. What? Jesus purchased the church with His own blood. That needs to be like, oh my gosh, what a reverence and awe I need. Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't have a reverence for God's house, a reverence for God, a reverence for God's people, there's no fear of the Lord there, then there's no wisdom. That's why you can talk to some people, they go to church for 20 years and they're like really nice people and they're really lovely. And you talk to them and there's like, no wisdom. You're like, hang on a minute, where's the wisdom? Then you talk to a 17 year old who's fearful, got saved two years ago, got a big awe about God. And they start talking, you're like, oh my gosh. In two years, this 15-year-old has just got it. Got, a, got wisdom coming out of them. Why? They're reverential and they've got an awe towards God. They've got a 37-year-old, 47-year-old, and they're like, there's no wisdom. What happened? No awe, no fear, no reverence. Just everything treating it like, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. No, the power is in the reverence and the, and the awe and the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do you like instruction? Who likes instruction in the kingdom? Do you like it from other believers? Who likes it from other believers? Let me see your hand. Four of you. <laughs> Listen to what the Bible says. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Bible's saying we have no wisdom and we actually don't like it if God tries to bring us instruction. Wow. I got to say, Lord, help me to still receive instruction, still be teachable. Otherwise, we're foolish. We're foolish. When did you last ask for instruction? When did you last take instruction? There, you can gauge the level of your wisdom by your answer. Oh, this is good. I'm getting the podcast. Proverbs 2. Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Ask some people around you, do you think this is God? Do you think this is God? Do you think this is God? When did you last ask people, do you think this is God? 
Or really did you not want to hear what they had to say? A lot of people will never ask, do you think this is God? Because they don't want the answer. Because they are doing their will. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2 verse 6. Proverbs 25 verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Ooh, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. What does humble mean? It means meekness. If you're humble, you're easily teachable. Do you know there is very few people who are easily teachable, which means even in the kingdom, not a lot of humble people. I've had some people say some very straight things to me in the kingdom in my development processes. And then I've had the Lord remind me, Jared, shut up and listen. Now here's the good news. I did. Do you? Because the humble means you're going lower. You're going lower. You're going lower. You're taking yourself down. I'm just trying to learn to be humble. And then you meet so many people who try and lift themselves up. Try and lift themselves up. I meet people and they're proud. And I'm like, what are you proud about? At least have a Maserati or something. So that I could go, you know, you got a little bit of a right there to be proud. That's pretty unreal. But you meet people and they're proud and they're like, no. And I'm like, what are you proud about? What's the big thing that you're so proud about? Go lower. Jesus says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lay down your life, you'll find it. I know with things that are happening right now in our church, some of the people I'm meeting around the world, I'm like, wow, I was meant to meet you. This is a plan from before I was created. Then I met you. Then I met you. Rod Plummer in Japan. This is a plan from God. I was meant to meet you and then be a part of Japan. Ashley and Jane coming here. They're not coming here just as, hey, we need to find speakers. That's a God connection because I went lower, go lower, go lower, get down. <laughs> and also, Ashley was my friend, but listen to Ashley. I'm like, Ashley, what do you think? Ashley, what do you think? Ashley, what do you think? What do you think? All of that humble. We could all do six months on the word humble this year and that would really set us off to a great place. You start doing six months on humility and humble, that word, save your family, save your destiny, might save your job, save your ministry, might save what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn around for good because you humbled yourself. So we need to say, please help me because I don't know the answer. I don't know what I'm doing. As a Christian, you'll say, I don't know. When people say, what do you think about that? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Humble, humble. God goes, if you humble yourself, which is what he says, he says, humble yourself, the Bible says, under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, he'll exalt you. There's a due season coming, but wisdom doesn't go up. Wisdom goes down. Humble yourself. Proverbs 11, 2, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble, it's wisdom. You know, uh, wisdom will show you that you've moved beyond your Facebook page. <laughs> Some people write their life is their Facebook page. Making that the most amazing thing is their destiny. Everybody, your Facebook page can be a pantomime. It's not your life. At the end of my life, I'm not going to be there going, let me just do one more. Stat, stat, on Facebook 
I won't be caring less about it. Neither will you. It's like, did my life count? Did I help anybody? Was I walking with God? Did I set my children up to walk with God? Did I set my grandchildren up to walk with God? Did I know Jesus? Did I not just, you know, I was in His Word, but I, did I know His voice? All of those things are gonna be what's important. Can I encourage everybody, don't settle for a small Facebook world. Settle for a large God world. Settle for a large God world. God is calling Global Heart Church to a bigger life and a bigger world. Don't settle for mediocrity. You need to like, don't, you know, shake up your friends and say, hey, don't settle for that. Come on. Let's believe for the bigness of what God's called us to. Um, yeah. Don't return to Groundhog Day. Who saw the movie Groundhog Day? If you haven't seen it, it's pretty funny. You should see it. But it's a, a guy's life for every day's repeat. Some people are Christians for years and then they go back with the people and they start repeating Groundhog Day. Same old friends, same old discussions, same old conversations. And they're back there. Why? Because it feels more comfortable. Don't aim for comfort, people. I came out of poverty. I was living in the council area. I came out of abuse. I am not going back there. So if I have to be uncomfortable for the rest of my life, and by the way, uncomfortable means open to God. Then I'll be that so that my children and so that I and our church and you can have a new destiny that is not back in Groundhog Day. <laughs> in Jesus' Name. So God wants to grow our hearts. Psalm 119 verse 32 says, I shall run the way of your commandments. What is that? Lord, I'm gonna run after your Word. What your Word says, I'm gonna work to apply. And Psalm 119, I love this, says, For you, God, will enlarge my heart. God wants to enlarge your heart, everybody. He wants to enlarge your heart. If He enlarge your heart, He enlarge your thinking. God's been doing that to me for 40 years. He's like, Jared, enlarge your heart. I'm like, hang on. He's saying, no, I, He wants to enlarge my heart. And He goes, now I want you to enlarge your thinking that that's possible. That's possible. That's possible. That's possible. And as I've let God enlarge my heart and I've run after His Word, then the things that we're doing today are so different from when I was younger because God, as He enlarged my heart, helped me then to enlarge my thinking in Jesus' Name. We need to keep enlarging our tent at Global Heart Church. Isaiah 54 says this, Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not laboured with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Wow, I pray that every place that Global Heart Church puts our foot, that that will be the case. Mark 16 says, Jesus risen from the dead. He's speaking to the disciples. He could have any kind of conversation. He says this, go into all the world, preach the good news to everybody. Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Come on, everybody, this is you. Everybody, just look at me for one minute. This is not for certain people. Everybody right now, just look over. This is you. Go into all the world. Preach the good news. This is to every believer. God is saying, you go. You go. You're all going, Pastor Spencer, go. And the Lord's saying, no, you go. Now we may not, you may not physically go, but you can go in prayer. You can go in finances. You can go in love. You can go in support. And we can be great carriers of that vision. 
carries of the financial vision, so important that we're saying, hey, I'm undergirding this financially. And also carriers in prayer in Jesus' Name. Can somebody say Amen? Right now in Zambia, it's such a great day for us there because we're now at uh, the next stage of one to build a building. We were, gonna, we were looking at a larger building and it was too much money. And then our architect in Zambia, who's doing a lot of the buildings in Southern Africa now, he's come up with a plan for us so that we can put a building up on our land in Zambia and it's stage one. And I'm gonna let you see it. We're looking at building it probably for $350,000. So let's, let's see the building, guys. There you go. Global Church Zambia. We may be, just stop right there. So that's the side on view. I love the African outdoor <laughs> seating areas and the wall. There you go. Just saying, you know, it's Global Heart Church, but it's Africa. And so our architect Jeff has come up with this. It's a 500 seater. So we'd be able to do four services a day of 500, which gives us 2,000 in church, and which is really a church of about 3,000. So that is stage one of that in Zambia, which we'll be heading to this year in Jesus' Name, in line with other things that are happening in our own church building here. So very, very exciting, everybody. And uh, God's got a plan. And as you remember, we had uh, Dr. Masiska, who was really third in line to the president, who said to me, Pastor Jared, in some challenging moments that were happening, he said, please keep Global Heart Church here. We need what you're bringing to Zambia. We need it here. Now church has just grown so much. What we're seeing there is a miracle and you and I are part of it. By the way, listen to me. Our campuses, listen, look to Perth. Our campuses are looking to you. They're looking to you. Our campuses are looking to you. They're looking to our, our church here as, um, as the adult if you like, as the parents really, to help them go forward. And uh, so that has an extra little sense of responsibility, right? So can I encourage you, live your life with a renewed sense of responsibility because you have a part to play. You're significant, you're important, you're valuable, and what you're bringing is so important in God's plan for the future. Wow. Well, I got one more thing to tell you, but I'm gonna tell you next week. You can't have too much all at once. So good. Can you stand up with me, everybody? I'm just going to pray for you for a minute. And then Geordie's going to come as well. Let me just pray for you. Just reach your hands out to the Lord. Reach out and say, Lord, help wisdom build my house. Help wisdom build my life. Here's a big one. Lord, help me to open my heart. Help me to open my heart. Help me to open my mind. Lord, help me to, Lord, help me to, Father, not just be in Your Word, Lord, but help me, Lord, this year. Help me look to learn to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for everybody right now. Thank you, Lord, for a miracle year. Thank you for 2023, Lord. And Lord, it doesn't just be a miracle because we just think that. It's a miracle because we start to apply your word. Lord, we start to apply your word. We start to do your word. We start to agree with your word. Father, we start to, Lord, seek you, Jesus, that you might speak to us. And Father, all that your word says about wisdom, help us, Lord, this year to apply it. And as we do, thank you that we are in miracle territory. But Father, I pray miracles in everybody's life. Let there be miracles in their home, miracles in their job, miracles in their business. I pray their children will serve you and know you. Let them have a miracle. Let their grandchildren serve you and know you. Father, we pray for supernatural miracles. And right now, we just commit Rwanda to you. We commit Zambia to you. We commit Germany to you. We commit Melbourne to you. We commit Montreal to you. And we commit 
amazing Perth, Western Australia to You. And we pray, Father, help us, bless us, expand us, Lord. Fill us with prayers, love, and Lord, I pray financial carriers, Lord, who will help bring about the great plans that You have. Father, I just pray, let distraction come off people. Father, let focus, Lord, where we're, we look like we're walking with You, but we're really not. Father, I pray this year, let everybody walk with You. Let us lose what people are doing. Let's not get caught up in sidetrack, Father. But Lord, let us be focused on You and what You're doing. And as we do, Father, I just thank You for supernatural days, houses built, lives built, and Global Heart Church doing what You call us to do, which is impact Perth and the world. In Jesus' Name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Amen. Church, can we thank Pastor Jared for that message? So, so good. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.